You're listening to The Range, Gardner Web University streaming and on-demand radio. I'm Jeff Powell in with you. Joining me as he does each and every week, Matthew Tessinier, the big sports fan. Happy Sports Day. Happy Every day is Happy Sports Day. I can it? always say that. You could, any season, any day, it's all good. It's all good. I think we're going to focus simply on college athletics today. Yeah, and what a weekend it was this past weekend as we record for college football. Uh, I said in our last podcast that looking at the top teams in college football, Clemson has the easiest schedule from here on out. Oops. And I think I was, uh, you know, there's the announcer jinx. This guy's not missed a field goal in X number of tries, <laughs> and then he misses that one. Shanks a horrible field goal off to the right. Well, I, maybe I did the same thing to Clemson, and I gave them a podcast jinx or something like that. I believe they lost by a point, uh, and I think it was an overtime to Pittsburgh. Not one of the top teams right now in the ACC. And so that knocked them from the ranks of the unbeaten. But there's been a lot of discussion in the last week. And, of course, Clemson's just you know an hour or so down the road from, from where we are here in Bowling Springs at Gardner-Webb. Uh, a lot of discussion, though, because not only did Clemson lose, but number three, Michigan lost at Iowa. And number four, Washington lost. And, and they're having their best season in like 25 years, trying to still stay undefeated. They lost to USC at home last week. And so we had... Number two, three, and four lose for the first time on the same day since 1985, I believe it was. Interesting. So, I, and I, you know, I was just, I was a baby in 1985. And so that's been a lifetime ago for me to, to be able to see that. Um, so just very interesting. Uh, but the conversation uh, as a fallout from that has been number two loss, that's bad for them. They're not undefeated. Three, same, and four, the same. You know, they lose their undefeated record on the year, and you would think that would hurt their college football playoff chances. You know, that four-team little mini-tournament they play at the end of the year, uh, selection group puts them in, and they play semifinals and they play a championship game. But with all three of them losing, you know, it wasn't maybe as dangerous as yeah, if only one sense. of them lost. That makes sense. Except um, for one thing. Now you talk about number one. You, they didn't lose. Alabama. Alabama's still undefeated. Uh, right now, they look like, you know, they're sitting in the best position, and they are at number one. They're undefeated. But, um, you know, the other thing that, that – uh, there are a couple of things that I think are important to look at here. Uh, Alabama is is the only, I would say, undefeated team who has a chance to be in the playoff at this point. I believe Western Michigan is still undefeated. But Western Michigan plays in a slightly smaller conference at a, at a slightly smaller level in Division One, And so a team like that has to do a lot more to impress and impress the selection committee to get into the playoff. And so they're probably not in that conversation. They're probably more along the lines of maybe somewhere in the top 15 – somewhere down toward 15. Um, so Alabama's the only one really that's undefeated with a, with a chance to get into the playoff. Um, I think it's important to look at the number of one-loss teams there are out there. You know, we've got Clemson, Washington, and Michigan now. We've also got Louisville and Ohio State. And West Virginia, I believe, only has one loss. And so you've got this kind of group of five, six, seven teams that are going to be competing for those four spots. And so I think it's just interesting that all those teams happen to lose on the same weekend. And so maybe that minimizes the impact of that loss. Um, I think the other thing that, that really was interesting to me this week, I haven't done a lot of research, even as a fan, on how does a college football playoff work? Um, I know selection committee much as with the NCAA basketball tournament, picks the teams that go into it. Of course, when you're picking four teams, that's a lot more difficult to do than when you're picking, what, 68 teams, I think, now with the playing games that they do for the basketball tournament. So it's a tall task. And in looking at how this selection committee works this week, 
I thought it was really interesting that apparently the college football playoff is not actually an NCAA-sanctioned event. It happens with the NCAA schools, you know, their their conference play throughout the year, all the things that they do. Of course, it's NCAA athletics. It's still NCAA athletics because it is NCAA member schools that are competing. Uh, but I understand the playoff itself is not technically just housed under the NCAA. I understand that it is actually uh, a group of uh, with a small staff and uh, a group of university presidents and chancellors from ten of the uh, football bowl subdivision NCAA conferences and Notre Dame that are the administrators of the college football playoff. And I believe they have an office. I looked it up somewhere this week, maybe maybe in, I don't remember if it's in Texas. I feel like it's in Dallas. And so they are the ones who actually kind of organize this thing. It's not an NCAA sanctioned thing the way we might think it is. Uh, and then, of course, they have their selection committee. Um, and those are coaches, athletic directors, NCAA officials, former coaches, former athletic directors. It's kind of interesting some of the people who have been on there uh, since the college football playoff selection. They serve certain terms uh, on that committee. Condoleezza Rice, who, yes, she was the former Secretary of State, but she's also a uh, former Stanford provost, and so she's had that academic side as well. She's been on that committee, you know, and I think was, she's currently serving a term. She was considered at one time as NFL commissioner. Yes, yes. And so it's interesting seeing that crossover between people we see in, uh, no sports pun intended, other arenas, and then you know we bring them into the sports world, and they serve in some kind of administrative or management function. You know, we see the same thing with with the business side in say baseball, or you know, for commissioner, it's often a commissioner level uh, person who is um, more from the business side. Same thing with general managers with teams; they're not necessarily always. You know, maybe they went to law school, maybe they were in business in some way. They're not always sports backgrounds and coaches and uh, players. And, and things like that. Um, so it's just interesting to look at how all of that comes together and think about that process and the selection committee. Uh, and of course, the, the bowl games that we've heard about for years, the, the rose, the sugar, the orange, the cotton, the fiesta, and the peach, those are the uh, bowl games that the semifinals rotate between. And so certain year we'll have, you know, the semifinals might be the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, and then the next year it'll be two different ones. And of course, that produces just the national championship game, which is not actually a bowl. So it's just interesting to me how how all that fits together. Uh, of course, you know we haven't always done that. College football had the BCS for a while, uh, which was was highly uh, disliked uh, based on you know computer rankings being part of that mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. and and that deciding who gets to play mm-hmm. based on what the computer rankings, different ones, models spit out. Um, before that, you know we really just had polls, and at the top of an Associated Press poll or a coaches poll, we'd have the number one, and there's your national champion. And so college football's always had this method of trying to figure out how do we get the best and most rightful national champion and now we have this playoff system but with the two three and four teams losing last week and and having so many one loss teams depending on how everything plays out here we usually end up having a situation anyways where there's one team that feels like hey we're a one loss team too why are we number five? Why did we not get in that top four? Mm-hmm. But I think we'll see here in the, the coming weeks. You know, I mentioned I, I may have jinxed Clemson a little bit. I still think they they may have a, a pretty good road. Um, but now with one loss, they're not necessarily a guarantee to get into the ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. And I think that is uh, a big thing. They've also got Louisville, that's a one loss team up there, trying to get into the ACC championship game as well. And so we'll see a couple of those situations where teams in the same conference conference might run into each other in some way even if they're not playing each other 
their their good records may come to to benefit one and hurt the other. The the most interesting game at this point perhaps is Ohio State Michigan. Uh, they both play in the Big Ten. They're in the same division, and they always play each other at the end of the regular season. And so those one-loss teams will meet, and one of them will have two losses for sure. And uh, the other one likely will go to the uh, Big Ten championship game where they'll have to play and defend their chance again. And so there's a lot left to play out with those teams. and a lot left to play out in college football, even though we have a, only a few more weeks here before Regular season will be done. Uh, the Heisman Trophy will be presented. We'll know who's going to different bowl games. We'll know uh, which teams will be in the college football playoffs. So this past weekend, really, just it's not necessarily – it's historic in terms of 2, 3, and 4 losing on the same day. Uh, it's not historic in the fact that it muddies the conversation about who's going where and which teams are going to have a chance to play in the championship. Yeah, I think that conversation's been going on as long as I can remember. That happens every year, and, no and it happens in every be, sport. No one ever seems to be happy about it. No, and I, you know, and from a fan perspective, I really don't know what the answer is. You know, if 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 it's decided in a in a uh, Associated Press writers poll, or if it's decided in a coaches poll, you could disagree and say the writers are wrong, the coaches are wrong. Yeah. If it's decided by comp- partially by computer rankings, as with the BCS, you know, it's real easy to hate on the computers. Do they have feelings? Um, it's it's real easy to cast our cast our anger on them. And now, you know, with a selection committee and kind of kind of almost, I feel like more of a basketball format where mm-hmm. you've got a, a body of people who pick which teams go mm-hmm. in there uh, you know of course you could feel that way too um, I, I think you could always expand the tournament and you could have like uh, FCS has at, at uh, Gardner-Webb's level there's there's a tournament and uh, you play out several more rounds than just a four-team playoff but you know you go to 16 there'll be a 17th team that wants to get in yeah, and exactly. with college basketball exactly. now there's 68 teams in there's a 69th team always and a 70th team that feel like, oh, did we not do enough to prove to the committee we should be in there? Right. So the conversation will always go. It's just from a fan perspective, it's fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week on The Big Sports Fan with Matthew Tessner. Got any questions, comments, suggestions, and, of course, jokes, just email them to us at info, I-N-F-O, at wgwg.org.